0: Hi y'all, it's Angela, I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled and today we're going to have a little bit of a chat here that is going to shake it up a bit because I don't often have people on that have these tangible products that change your life, that you can like go to target and like get these products that will completely change your life. And so I'm super, super, super excited because who we're chatting with today, she's a Harvard graduate, which means she's super freaking smart. (laughs) She's the CEO of Thank God It's Natural, so it's T-G-I-N, which that stands for Thank God It's Natural. She's the author of This Is Only a Test, What Breast Cancer Taught Me About Faith, Love, Hair, and Business. And today we're going to be discussing how to be more productive in everyday life as an entrepreneur, which is like my very favorite thing to talk about. In fact, all these things are kind of my favorite things to talk about. So Christia Donaldson, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Angela. How are you
0: today? I'm so good. I'm so good. And I'm so excited to jump in. We were just chatting. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. I got to record. I can let me start recording. <laughs> uh, but I'm super excited to just hear about your journey today because you've had a really amazing wild ride from what I have read so far. And before any of this, before you started to do products and books and, and podcast interviews. Like, take us back. Like, where did you grow up? What did you go to school for? Have you always been interested in some of these things that you've been doing as adult? Like, I just want to know, like, how did you get to where you are today?
1: Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host,
0: events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. What's up GSD leaders? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Business Unveiled where we share expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals. You know we're going to take you behind the scenes of our experiences, share with you what we've learned from them and how it's made us stronger because no one said it's easy owning a business, right? But it's a lot more fun when you've got a strong support team around you. And that's exactly what we do at GSD Creative. We're right there by your side. And I'm so excited that you've chosen this podcast to take the first step in growing a productive, profitable, and successful, wildly successful business within the hospitality and creative industry. Today's episode is being brought to you by 99designs. 99designs is the global creative platform that makes it super easy for designers and clients to work together to create designs they absolutely love. You can get creative concepts from a multitude of talented designers. You get matched with the perfect designer to help you bring your idea to life from start to finish. From logos to packaging, apps to books, 99designs is a faster, simple, and affordable way to find and work with creative talent. You can save $10 today on your first design by visiting bit.ly slash ap99designs. Give it a try.
1: No, that's a great question. So long story short, I grew up in the city of Detroit. And when people hear that, they're often like, wait, you're from Detroit. How did you end up here? And it's, <laughs> I know, I know. It's funny because a lot of people think like, you know, Detroit was this cra- was and still is this crazy place. But I think it's one of those places where it's like everybody has their pockets, but we were just more known for ours back in the 80s and 90s. but after, yeah, absolutely. And so after, you know, growing up there, went to Harvard, like you said, for college, went there for law school. So I was there for seven years.
0: Was it really hard? Like really hard? No,
1: it is not because I'm, I was, I am smart. It was more so because I think they always say the hardest part is getting in. And really once you're there, it's kind of like life, if you will, where it's like, you know how would i describe this it's all about people and relationships more than anything kind of like the way the real world is it's not so much how smart you are it's like actually comes down to who you know so when i was yeah when i was there um it was actually illegal to start a business as a student like you couldn't you know yeah (laughs) exactly it's like in our student handbook they basically were like you can't use a university dorm Um, email address telephone or anything to conduct business and if you do you'll be brought before the administrative board so being an entrepreneur back then was not something that I really considered it was more you can go to law school you can go to business school or you can become a doctor and so I ended up going to law school And I was there and I liked the law. I started my first job in corporate America, but when I started, it's kind of funny when you talk to all these women in the beauty industry, they all had kind of like their moment. And my moment was being a professional black woman in big law here in Chicago And when Mm -hmm. I started my job. I was in the midst of growing out my relaxer, which is like a keratin treatment, if you will, to straighten my hair. Mm -hmm. And my hair was like this mix of kinks, curls and waves and there were no products that I could find that would like, you know, like work on it. And so I was like let me figure this out. My hair was super short. I cut it all off. And I was like, I can't go to work looking like this. So I wore a wig for, um, on that first job thinking if I looked, you know, like Claire Huxtable from the Cosby show, (laughs) if any of your listeners (laughs) remember who that is. I do. Right. (laughs) Is I look like her, then maybe I'll like be successful at this gig. Exactly. And so it backfired and it turned out not being able to show up as my authentic self really hampered my ability to like, I buckled down, but just kind of like, again, make those relationships, be my authentic self, like make people feel comfortable if you will. And so I left that job and I was like, I'll never apologize for like who I am or what I look like again. And I said, I'm going to figure this hair thing out. So from there, amen. I went on, yeah, amen, mm-hmm. I went on to write a book um, that became a bestseller. It was called, Thank God, I'm Natural, The Ultimate Guide to Caring for Natural Hair. And I wrote this book while I had my full-time job as a lawyer, which is, that's a whole nother story. Gosh. And then from there, I went on around the country, traveling to like different libraries, churches, bookstores, what have you. Talking to women about this journey and how they could care for their curly hair too and be more natural when it came mm-hmm. to caring for their hair. And after that, people are like, Well, where are the products and what's next? And I was like, Oh, snap. And that's You're when like, I developed Shut. the line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so that's how I went from, you know, Detroit to basically launching a line of products, if you will.
0: Oh my God. It's so amazing. So Last night when I was like looking at all this, um, a friend of mine who she's an awesome team member and she's my, um, my like partner in crime. And like, we do different business ventures together and, um, she, you know, so many of our clients have extensions and, um, it'll ruin their hair if they don't treat it like correctly. And so, I mean, I've even had like some bad extensions before. And, and I have like good, I have naturally curly hair. So it looks like I've stuck my finger in a light socket if I don't have the right products. So it's like, I know exactly what you mean. And so one of our team members, she was like, oh my gosh, you had, cause I've like gotten into Netflix recently where it's like, I'll binge watch stuff like in a whole day in the background while I'm working. And she's like, there's this show about hair. And she's like this woman, cause I'm all about like entrepreneur women. She's like, Madam CJ Walker, you have to watch it. She's like, it's kind of long. It's like four episodes. And I like, I had to stay up like and and finish it because I'm like, what happens to Madam CJ Walker? Y'all, she like develops this hair product that like helps women's hair grow And so I'm like, is this a real thing? And sure as shit, freaking Sephora (laughs) comes out with it. And I'm like, well, shit, like, I'm going to try this. I'm like, will this work on my hair? And so I, like, texted my team member. I'm like, is this a weird question, but does this work on white girl hair? And she laughed so hard. She's like, Angela, some of these products are she like goes into this whole thing about the scalp and the oil and she's like educating me and like I'm loving it and and she's like but you could use like um, castor and iron oil or like black magic and blue magic and she like starts telling me all this stuff I'm like why am I like 40 and no one has ever told me this stuff like it's just like I don't understand and it makes such a difference like for people who they can't grow hair and it's like even people with good hair, they go out, they get all these extensions and wigs. And it's like, you know, you could take care of your hair with these products and it can like be yours, but you have to keep your scalp healthy. And so like for you, so how, first off, like, so you remind me of like a very much younger version of her. When I saw the show, I was like, oh my God, her story's awesome. But obviously that was like a long time ago. I feel like now it is much more obtainable for a woman entrepreneur. You know, I don't, I I don't know if that was like in the fifties or the sixties. Like, I don't even know when she came out with that. Um, but how did you find like the manufacturing and like, You know, I just think of her like where she had her family in the kitchen, like literally making this stuff. Like, did you have to go through that too? Or were you able to like partner with people that could like make the formula and then help you get it distributed?
1: So I think a lot of women who end up in the hair care products game end up starting in their kitchen, if you will, especially if you want things to be natural. And so that's where I started. But I tell people like, I was not a kitchen type of gal. I was more of a businesswoman, and I was like, <laughs> I could too, make something exactly. I could make some of these things work, but I'm like, look, I'm ready to get out here and, like you, you know, really start making some sales, if you will. And I knew that, like, I was better at marketing and operations, and that I should leave not necessarily the formulations to someone else, but like, I needed a little help jump starting things. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I launched the line with the stuff I created. And that was almost seven years ago. And one of those items turned out to be like a really, really like rocket ship. Like it's our, one of our best sellers to this day. But like once the line took off, um, we started online. I lit- with to five products, two of which I had with the chemist and three that I made myself. Once those wow. two took off and I was like, this is actually going to work. Um, then I like worked with the chemist again. Um to start developing things. And so I think, you know, even when we think about productivity or being an entrepreneur, it's like, you got to figure out what you're good at and what you're passionate about and do those things and find the people who are better at certain things to, to handle them, to make your life easier.
0: So it's like, you knew early on, you don't have to do it all. Right. Right. You knew that. Worn. that took me a long time to figure I've out. I've
1: worn every hat for the most part within the company, but like mm-hmm. I quickly take it off and find somebody who is better suited for if I'm like this isn't a good use of my time or like you know, I figured this out but let me show someone else how to do it.
0: Yeah. No, totally. And it's like you've built this multi-million dollar beauty product, beauty products and so you like you had a day job in corporate America and how did you know that it's, it was okay or it was time to say bye-bye to corporate America? Like, how did you leave?
1: Oh, my gosh. So the story <laughs> there is, I tell people, 2015 was the best year of my life and the worst year of my life. Long oh. story short, in 2015... We launched in Target stores nationwide on March 1st. Nine months later, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh and when God. I would, I know, when I was dealing with this, I when I was diagnosed, I was still working my day job as a lawyer at Oracle, which is a major software company. Mm-hmm. And I took a leave of absence for nine months to undergo, you know, treatment, if you will, lumpectomy, chemo, you know, egg freezing, radiation, all of that. And when I finished treatment. I treated myself and said, I'm going to take a trip to Bali. And so that was, I know, nine months later, I'm headed to Bali. Haven't really checked my work email in a long time. And when I go to check it, it's like thousands of messages. And I'm on my way to the airport. And in these thousands of messages, there are like two messages of announcing that two people had died. I knew neither of them, but one woman died of breast cancer. And I was like, it's now or never. And so after that, I was like, you know what? When I come back from Bali, I'm going to figure out a way to really do, you know, the company full-time instead of using it as a side hustle.
0: Yes. So it's kind of like a blessing <laughs> and a curse. Like right. And did you write your book, This Is Only a Test, in Bali? Or did you do it when you got back?
1: I wrote it when I got back, like maybe... A year and a half later because breast cancer if anyone has ever gone through that it's like the the most scary thing ever when you get diagnosed and then kind of once you get on the cancer conveyor belt things become just like a big blur it's not as scary but it's like a giant blur and then you're on the other side and you're like oh goodness what the hell just happened to me and so I didn't want it to be like Five years later, I would look up and be like, oh, that cancer thing, what, what was that all about? I really wanted to have a true record of like, what it meant and how much it changed my life, how much it changed me, my perspective. And so that's why I wrote the book, to have that reminder, because during that time when I was undergoing treatment and took a leave of absence from my job and um, kind of ratcheted back majorly on the company our sales doubled and our store count quadrupled. Like we got wow. into Sally, CVS, Walgreens, and Rite Aid. And I just really wanted to have a, a momental of that time and like how powerful like God was. And during that journey. So the book is really like breast cancer is just a small piece about it. It was really just like the, the testimony of how I started my business from like Harvard to like going to a law firm, to breast cancer, and then what it looks like on the other side as a woman running a company.
0: Gosh. So how did, was Target the first retail store that you guys got into? Um,
1: yeah, major. We were in a local chain of grocery stores here in Chicago probably a year and a half before we launched in Target.
0: So like, how would one even go about that? <laughs> like, I always get that do? question.
1: So that's a good <laughs> question. So literally it depends on the category that you're in, if you will, but I think in our category, meaning like in textured hair, there's a distributor or category captain who was always on the hunt for new brands um, that had a really good potential to do well in the store. And this is when the set was super small. They had like five textured hair care brands for this audience. And so they saw that we were doing a really good job online, that we had this amazing community. And they reached out to us and so based on that kind of conversation and those meetings and testing us in some like local like beauty supply stores they were like okay they have what it takes to be successful here so for other people who want to get into a big box retailer my advice is always build your own community first like you have to be able to like have the following on social to push through products in national retail and the way to ensure you have that is to make sure you're doing well on Amazon, you're doing well on your own.com website, that you're engaging with people on social media and that you build a sizable following. People are always in a rush to get that distribution, but those, those retailers, they're very unforgiving. If you show mm-hmm. up and you're not ready, then that's the end of you. And mm-hmm. so how to go about doing it is like, like I said, someone found us, but if you're interested in doing it, you just type in like Minneapolis target broker and a couple of brokers will come up maybe eight or 10 and you figure out who manages your category or who pitches to your category. And generally you can start a conversation with a broker and they'll let you know what that process looks like.
0: That's so true. So do you guys, um, did you build on Shopify?
1: We started on 3D cart and now we're on WooCommerce
0: okay, do you, um, it's funny because when COVID started, all of a sudden everybody and their mother and brother wanted to be an e-commerce business overnight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it ain't that easy people. <laughs> like but sure we, we have acquired a lot of clients that are are on Shopify or we've started to build on Shopify. Um, we have a few on WooCommerce. Do you, Would you advise people, like if they wanted to start an e-commerce business, are you happy with WooCommerce? Like, is that a good platform? We get asked those questions a lot for people who want to start selling online. They're like, what platform should I use? So I like to ask people who have real experiences where they can share like what their experience has been.
1: Well, we're still in the process of transitioning to Woo, but let me tell you why we transitioned. Yeah, we're we're on th- we were on 3D Cart, and it was like getting the job done, and we had had that provider for like six years, but like as the volume of sales was growing, so were the expenses of managing the website. And also you couldn't, there were a lot of customizable plugins that were not available on 3d cart. So when you're looking for a platform, you not only want something that is, you know, robust and can scale with your business, if you will, like, say you can go from zero to 10 million on it type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want something that has like customizable plugins from WordPress. So things like the abandoned cart feature, like if you leave your cart, can I send the user an email? Like yeah. the referral feature where it's like, oh, send this code to somebody and give them a $5 code, kind of like with TaskRabbit or Crate and Barrel, they'll have that. Like if you forward this to a friend, get $10. Or mm-hmm. kind of those Amazon features where it's like, oh, you looked at this. Are you interested in this? So yeah. you want something that has either those features available or the ability to integrate with a plugin that allows those type of features to become available and let me give you one other piece of advice Angela for those customers that we've even learned from our own marketing is that you know my marketing director is great she's like fantastic super smart so you know a lot of people are very interested in social media and paid ads and you know SEO and all of this and all of that is great, especially like, you know, paid ads and SEO. But the issue is that's all in the customer funnel focused on brand awareness. The low hanging fruit is on when people come to your website and converting them to a sale, meaning like we're always so focused on the SEO that we rarely focus on what's not working on my website. Meaning right. like, <laughs> it's like, like, is it like, Can you know, we design websites And your team thinks it's amazing, but have you tested it on like five people who are not in your team? Do you have that abandoned cart feature? (laughs) Do you have the referral feature? Do you have the, hey, thank you for ordering three months ago, but like, would you reorder again? And it's like, we, a lot of people don't focus on those features. They focus on the big, big picture, if you will. And really once people are there or once people have bought before You're more likely to get more out of the people who have bought versus a random person who like discovers you on Google.
0: It is. So that is 100% true. And two things to that. Oh my gosh. Like people we ask in our contact form on all of our websites, like, how'd you hear about us? 10 times out of 10, if they say Google, I don't need, like, they're not going to hire me. Like, I'm not going to talk to them. Like it, they can get what they need through our free YouTube channel. Like they're, they're not going to hire us. So, and then the other thing is, um, we have people reach out. they like, Hey, can you run your Facebook ads are good. Your Insta story ads are good. Can you run ads for us? And I'm like, okay, well, let's look at your digital footprint. And I'm like, well, where are we going to run them to? And what 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 exactly are you selling? And you don't have any landing pages. You don't even have Google Analytics set up on your own website. And it's like, people don't know what they don't know. And so when when people, I'm like, no, I'm not going to take your money and run ads for you. I'll take your money and set you up for success. But we have to do like A, B, C, D, E, F, G before we get to X, Y, Z, which is then running the ads, which is probably... 90 days later, because you've got to build all this other stuff to support the funnel and the ad. Exactly. So it's just funny what people think that it's just, just throw some money and they think that they're going to get clients and make an ROI. And it's like, they get, people get mad and, and then they're boosting post out of their personal they don't understand they need to have a business manager and a pixel code and Facebook code and they don't understand all this, which how, why would you, if you don't do this every day, but it's, it's a huge component to online sales and online marketing. Like, I don't know. I learned something new every day, every day. It's crazy.
1: Well, Angela, I will say this. The good thing is that you're at least honest with people because there are a lot of people out there who will take your money. I and know. tell you, oh my God, like I'm a Google AdWords specialist or SEO and you don't have the thing set up that Angela just described. And then you're six months in and it's like, you're not seeing any results.
0: Yeah. And for some reason, and I actually love this, God send, sends us like all the mess ups and we get the really pissed off people that are like so mad at their companies because this really happened when COVID because people started to really look at their books and they're like, wait a minute, how much money am I spending? And what was the ROI and what am I getting off this? And they started to really question some of these large, large marketing agencies. And then the worst part is, is they learn that they don't even own their data. They don't even own their audiences. They don't even own their freaking pixel codes because the companies own them. And then they try to give them this speech of, well, we can get more traffic because we spend a million dollars a month with all of our companies combined. And I'm just like, I don't really believe in that. Like people need to own your own audience. You need to, if you're spending money every single month by building an audience, that's your audience that you paid for. So I just, I have some like, obviously very strong feelings. About no, it.
1: <laughs> and the funny thing is the same thing about even trying to get into national retail. Like what we learned is like for four years, we've been pushing, go here, go here, go here, buy you know, from this brick and mortar. When it's like you really need to at a certain point, especially in the beginning, prioritize your own online sales. Like Because yes. that's the community, you know their buying behavior, you know their address, that type of thing versus sending them somewhere else and they become loyal to that outlet and you're an afterthought.
0: Yep, yeah, it's so, it's so true. So with business aside, like talk to us about the whole work life balance thing because I mean, going to Harvard and then working in law and then having the side hustle that turns into this multi-million dollar business where you're in all these retail stores. I mean, it seems like a dream, but I also know behind the scenes like there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot to do and there's hardly time for a family. <laughs> so what what have you figured out like how dating's hard. Like I have learned, like when, you know, you're a busy, aggressive businesswoman and you got goals and you're going somewhere. It's like, men, what? Right. (laughs) Um, you know, it's just like, people are like, why are you single? I'm like, because every guy that I meet or talk to or go out with once, it's like, they're looking for a mom, not a partner. And like, I don't want to be somebody's mother. Like I want somebody who can like keep up and and add value to my life. And I haven't met that guy yet. So I'm like, if you know anybody that can add value, send them my way.
1: (laughs) Preach, Angela, preach. And that was like my situation for like, so, so long, because it was just like, I think sometimes we're very passionate about what we do. And when you're with someone who's not passionate about what they do, it's like, it's just, uh, it's just, it doesn't work. It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, you can be passionate about a relationship, but then if you also have this business, sometimes it's almost like an affair of sorts, if you will, because people yep. feel like you're cheating on the relationship. Or you, you know what I'm saying, not giving them totally. that attention. But I, I constantly hear that from women who are like successful and driven. That it's like that's one of the hardest things about being in a relationship is that even sometimes guys, the things that they're most attracted to you about, meaning the ambitious. the ambition is the thing that they're most turned off about. So it's like the weirdest it's, it's weird. And so like even juggling the personal life beyond relationships, it's like, I was not the greatest at it for a long Mm -hmm. time. And I think, like I said, breast cancer forced me to really slow down because I think a lot of business owners, we always feel like we're falling behind. Like, we're like, Oh my gosh, like there's so many things I can be doing. Like I need to always be working if you will. And I realize sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. And I realize also that sometimes when you give yourself less time, you get more done. So I don't know how you've been during COVID, Angela, where it's like, sometimes during COVID, it's like, you have so much time. Well, I've got a lot done during COVID, but sometimes it's like when you have so much time, you don't get as much done as when like you're crazy busy and you're like, okay, I have to squeeze this in sometime somewhere. Mm -hmm. But I'm starting to realize when I give myself less time to work, it forces me to really prioritize on what is actually the most important thing to get done.
0: A hundred percent. And like, I mean, I would say probably the first two days that I'm like, what is this? I'm like, this shit's real. I'm like overnight, there goes half a million dollars of revenue out the window. There goes that event, every event, every speaking event, every traveling. I'm like, okay, so what exactly does this mean? So I'm like reading my horoscope (laughs) and for about two days, you know, I'm telling some of my team members, I'm like, okay, so um, I don't know how much billable time we're going to have because, you know, everything is, has either canceled or suspended. So let's just get our clients settled and then we'll figure out what we need to do from here. And then some of our clients, thank God, from a corporate standpoint, they were i'm like what about doing online um like an online event and i'm like frankly i love online events we've been using zoom for a long time i've never had the opportunity to use a 3d platform but i've had the opportunity to use vr for virtual reality to to be able to sell like luxury weddings for little bitty islands just sell sight unseen because they you put on the vr goggles and you feel like you're there And so I'm like, if I can sell through VR and sell weddings without people seeing it, like, I know that I can sell online products. And so one of our clients was like, yeah, we'll give it a try. Like, we don't really know what that looks like. I'm like, well, give me a day or two. So, you know, for about two days, I'm like, shit, shit, shit. What are we going to do? Like, we'll figure it out. And then the third day, I'm like, had 13 different interviews with these different 3D online companies where I'm like trying to pick a platform and they're, they, they are not cheap sister. I believe <laughs> like, you I mean, but then again, I'm like, you know what? We would have spent a hundred grand on food and beverage for 500 people at this conference. So it's just like taking that money, reallocating it, putting it into the platform. And then they have all these amazing like sponsorship opportunities where you can put pixel codes and you can track everything and you can retarget everything. And actually the tracking is so much more sophisticated for an online event. And so then I went back to the client and I'm like, listen, we can have 5,000 people instead of 500 people. And like, they've already sold over This is, they moved it back to September. They just announced that like two weeks ago, they've already sold over a thousand tickets. What? And so yeah, for a three day event. Yeah. It's like, but again, this couple, they have built the most amazing online community. They have a Patreon account and, um, the guy, he used to be a primary care doctor. And so he, he teaches like how to eat and um, carnivore and keto. And it's like that little community is like super, super, super loyal. And I'm just like, this is incredible. And so once we got going with that, and I could like use it as a test study, we're building on this platform called six connects. It's incredible. I don't care to go back to do in person events, to be honest
1: with you. Seriously, I'm like, We used to do so many in person events, and now I'm like, if we can do things digitally, like.
0: Oh my God. It's awesome. And so after that, you know, it gave me, it, it fueled my fire to be like, okay, I have to research this. I have to watch every video uh, they invited me to like attend some of their online sessions so I could get an idea of like how to sell sponsorships and strategic partnerships and how to like set all this up. So I'm just like a nerd, you know, learn it at all. And then that same week, all these people that I know through EO, through this entrepreneur organization, they're like, oh my God, you're good with marketing. Can you help us with our content? And I mean, their companies were kind of just falling apart in front of them because they had never worked virtually, which was killing them. And like, we all, we've always worked virtually. (laughs) So like, I don't see my team very much. In fact, some of them live in other countries. And so for those of us who understand, like you can still get shit done without all being in an office together, you have to still create that culture. But like the simplest of things that people were asking, can you help me work Zoom? This thing called Zoom? This thing and I'm called like, Zoom. What? I'm like, Zoom info, it's it's like this new plugin for like data. And they're like, no, like Zoom, the, the platform where you video. <laughs> and I'm like, that's like five years ago. Like we use that every day, literally. So and and then, you know, Zoom really started to um I'm glad I went on and bought some stock. <laughs> So I'm like, this is about to skyrocket and Amazon's about to skyrocket. And then, you know, the toilet paper thing happened and it's just, you know, if you stay on top of trends, um, you know, you can, it can go up and down, but COVID for us has been kind of a blessing because just like, uh, I was talking to a lady earlier, she's talking about hidden gifts and it's like, for you, I don't know how you felt when you were first diagnosed with breast cancer but you know some women are like oh my god my life is over and then some women are like just like you said like this is just a time it taught me a lot of stuff and it'll pass and I bet you anything like it made you so much stronger and so much more focused and you wouldn't have that experience unless you experienced it yourself I mean I'm assuming (laughs)
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. With everything you just said from the events to especially like you said about breast cancer where it's just like it was a hidden gift. Like you never think that when you first get diagnosed you're like, "Oh my god, my life is over." But then when you're on the other side of it, you realize not only are you stronger, but like you went through this for a reason because so many people go through some type of cancer diagnosis. So I'm always even as a CEO getting DM from individuals that are like, you know what? I came across your Instagram page. I've bought your products. I've followed you for years. I'm going through this. A family member's going through this. Like, what are your words of encouragement? How are we going to make it?
0: Yep. Yep. So, so going back to finding love in your thirties, how did you do that?
1: Well, Oh my goodness. So now I'm 40. I think I actually found love in my forties. I have to like do the math because now I'm like, I was born in 79. Okay. I'm 40. We're the same age. Okay. Okay. I'm like, I have to do the math. And I think it really was, I don't want to say people like us should be with like people like us, but this person ended up being an entrepreneur like me So it ended up being like, when we, you know, got together, it was okay to talk about business. I've been in a lot of relationships where again, Mm -hmm. like your business is like your other boyfriend. And so you don't want to keep bringing the business up or what happened to you that day. So it's like, I think when you, I'm not gonna say a normal job, but when you have a normal job, it's easier to talk about, well, what happened in the office? Well, in the bit, when you have a business, because you're so passionate and in love with it, it literally is like another person. So yep. I think I just finally found a person who also had another person. They had a girlfriend and I had a boyfriend and it was like, great, let's talk about what's going on, you know, you know what I'm I saying love it. in your life today or like what happened and you know what I'm saying? Just like, I love it's, it. it's on one hand, it's like, you know, a relationship where it's like, you know personal and intimate but a lot of it is like okay we make like great business colleagues we give each other good advice like we're both very excited for the other and so I think that was something that I've never had before
0: and when That's I awesome. have
1: it now I'm like this is the only way this would have ever made sense for someone like myself
0: yep and it's hard sometimes because people um What people don't understand, I was married for a hot minute, and it's like, he was in the military, and I'm like, what the hell was that? Like, I mean, I was so young, but I'm like, this would never have worked, period, the end. Like, you can't have your military control your life, and then your other half is an entrepreneur who's like, seems as though she's all over the place, (laughs) literally, like all over the world. And it's like, no, I'm not going to follow you and be an army wife, because that was never in my my cards. Like, that's not what I want to do. And like, that's okay. Um, but I think it really does speak volumes. And I being around a lot of entrepreneurs that are married to each other, I have found two things. One is like, they get married later in life, which okay. is, okay. and, um, number two is like, typically, especially if it's your first marriage, like when you support each other like that, like it's, you don't have to make sacrifices because You don't have to work so hard to understand each other because you already know who you are as a person in your late 30s and 40s. I mean, when you're 20, come on. It's like, I didn't even know who I was at the time. So it, like, I I keep telling my event stuff. I'm like, we should have a rule that people have to be at least 30. Otherwise, we're not doing their wedding because- I think that's true. I mean, honestly long.
1: think it's a true. <laughs> I think, I, I, I mean, some people get lucky and they're like, oh, I figured out who that person was at 23. But for the most part, I don't think people
0: no, 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 they were, I mean, my sister, Married her high, her junior high school sweetheart. I mean, they've been together, it's like gross. They've been together since they were 12. They have four kids, they're still married. He's like a hero husband, and that's great. But like, that was not my path. <laughs> and so, my mom will like get all of her grandkids from like her and my brother. But it's like, I like being a businesswoman, and I can always be the fun aunt and like give them back. So, it's all good. Um, so how do you like being a busy, busy businesswoman? How do you now, like, you know, I know back, back then, I know things were a little bit different, but you've overcome breast cancer. You've written these books. You have these amazing products. Like, how do you maintain balance with your business and self-care now? And have you found that like, it changes every year?
1: That's a good one. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think, I think to be honest, like, oh goodness, that's a good one. Well, one, during the week, I think I'm getting better at saying Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays are for work, Mondays and Fridays, I know that's going to sound crazy, are for me because a lot of times, and it's not like Mondays and Fridays are like, I'm completely checked out, but like maybe Mondays I'm working on like looking over my 401k, looking over investments, working on a trust, you know, things like that, that just kind of have always gone to the wayside because if you give the business the time, it will definitely consume it. So I think being vigilant about that, also being more, um, being more, how would I say, not disciplined, but like having more routine. So like saying, okay, Thursday afternoons are the days that I do this. Like if people want to talk about business or get business advice, Thursdays between two and four, I'm going to do that. Um, having someone for the longest time, Angela, I, I had an assistant, but I wouldn't let anyone manage my calendar. And (laughs) I thought I was the only person capable of doing that. I was a total control freak, but Mm -hmm. I realized I was such a bottleneck. And when I decided this year to try something different, that has been a huge way of just allowing myself just to have more mind space and be free Of course, in the mornings, I kind of carve out time for like meditation and prayer, walking and exercise, because once your day gets started, it's like, it's like 100 miles an hour. And then you're like, oh my gosh, it's dinner time. And then it's time to go to bed. And so I just think, you know, just being mindful, like I said, about my mornings, being strategic about my time during the week, carving out blocks of time for, you know, those random conversations that always come up. And then on the weekends, just really at least taking one day to just completely unplug. Saturdays, I I, I observe the Sabbath. I call it my Chick-fil-A day, where it's literally like, (laughs) I'm closed. There's no spicy chicken sandwich today. I know you guys (laughs) want it. But like, I've literally closed on Saturdays. And then yeah, Sundays I get caught up for the week. But I think it's just a variety of things that I've learned over time. Because before... When I was younger, I would work like every day and I literally burned out. And I think that Mm -hmm. is why I ended up getting breast cancer. And I had to really take a look at my life when I was on the other side, because like I said, they put you on this cancer conveyor belt, they pump you with these meds and they're like, you're better, but you're really not because the underlying issue has to be addressed. And Mm -hmm. I think for me, one of those issues was just working all the time. Yeah. And there were reasons for that, but it was just like, I had to get to the root of why do I need to work all the time?
0: Did you, how did you come up with your company name? Like, did you know right away, like, I'm going to call it, thank God it's natural well, or like, did somebody else come up that way? No, up with it?
1: so it's kind of like both. So when I wrote the first book, the first book was called Thank God I'm Natural because anyone with curly or kinky or wavy hair knows that like if you were straightening your hair, like, you know, you went outside and it got wet or whatever, you sweat it, like it was like always kind of this this lifelong battle. And when I decided to kind of embrace my curls once and for all, it was like, okay, I don't have to do with deal with this. So thank God I'm natural. Fine. So love it. Four years later, I'm working on these products and a guy I was talking to, us, like, well, what am I going to call the product line? I don't know. Like I'm coming up with all these names. He's like, why don't you just call it? Thank God it's natural. TGIN. And I was
0: like, I love it.
1: There we go. Let's do that. And that's what I did.
0: <laughs> I love it. That's so awesome. So do you have another product or another book in the works right now? Like, are you going to just keep going?
1: No, I think right now, well, that's another thing because it's like, I think girls like us, we always have something in the cooker, always, if you will. And so sometimes I'm, I want to be more strategic about what are the projects, and I did love writing the book. What are the projects that I actually like and enjoy doing versus I'm doing this to get this result? Because every day I'm doing something to get some result. And I'm like, if I'm going to spend my free time doing something else to get to the next level, I've got to really, really love it, if you will
0: yeah do you think that you'll always be the ceo or do you are you thinking that you would ever like when you started the company were you building it to like sell to some major major like hair retailer or you're like this is my baby and i'm gonna hang on to it for a while well i think what i would
1: like to say is that like right now i'm totally focused on like clearly growing the brand creating great products but I won't take any options off the table. I'm always honest about that because to be honest, every brand, you have to be realistic as an entrepreneur, every brand, particularly in a CPG space, has its life cycle. You know yes. what I'm saying? Especially in beauty. The things that were hot, like remember Herbal Essence like in the 90s, yes. like who's using Herbal Essence in 2020 yes. or whatever, 2020? So the yep. point is you have to like, Take your thing almost to the top and jump before it, like, reaches its peak. Yeah. And if someone comes along with, you know, an opportunity, then I will be open to entertaining it, but I'm under no delusions. This is my baby, and I loved it, and I created it. But, like, want you to be careful about who you're willing to give your baby to, but you also have to know when it's time to let your kid go.
0: Yep it's so true. And like, that's just realistic. It's just funny. Cause I asked some women that and they're, but they're so attached to it. They're like, I'll never sell. And then this entrepreneur group I'm in that, like, that's what they teach. They're like, when you- you're in EEO. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, they're like, you know, when you start to build your business and you leave a legacy, like they teach you to build, to sell. And I'm like, well, shit, I've created this monster under my name that like, I can't sell my consulting business because if I'm not there to drive the strategy and the crazy ass ideas, like who else is going to do it? Like no one wants to do it on their own. And then the same thing with the events, it's like you build something that is requires you and so like that's one of the things that I kind of regret because it's I feel like you know half of my career I'm like I've been at this almost two decades and I'm like okay anything moving forward that I involve my time has to be able to build to leave a legacy that can be handed down to someone like my nieces or, or nephews because it's like why work so damn hard and then you can't do anything with it. So Agreed. that's one thing where it's like, we've been creating like these online products and businesses and people are like, Oh, we could put like profit. Or I was like, Nope, no, I don't want my name, my first name, my last name, my initials. I don't want anything on this product that has my face or my name on it. Period. The- that's so smart. <laughs> that's
1: so smart. And I think to be honest, a lot of I'm not going to say women, but I do think it's true for women. Like groups like EO, I'm in Vistage. I've been in Vistage for three years. And yeah. for me, it was a total game changer in terms, like I always knew I wanted to grow and scale my business, but one, I didn't know how critical people were to that and hiring. Like it's all, it literally for me has always came down to like after Vistage about finding the right people and, and, and having them in the right seats. But like you have to have that perspective and that network of entrepreneurs to be around. And I think that also helps with the self-care because being an entrepreneur and having your own business is like, it's really fulfilling, but also very, very lonely and Mm. it's so lonely and so you have to have and that's part of where like the overworking comes from feeling drained whatever but when you have a group of people like an eo or vistage or you know ypo or something like that it's like you can totally you're around like your your own kind if you will where you're just like yes this is a tribe and you're yes (laughs) it feels so good because they know exactly what you're going through
0: yep and again, when people are like, how did, you know, I get these questions like, how did you know that you were fit to do this? And how did you know? And I'm like, well, honestly, I didn't really know who I was until I was about 30. And that's when I st- I went through Catalyst, which is like their accelerator, and then joined EO. And, and it was so effortless to try to like talk to people and get along with people. And it's just like you walk into a room of entrepreneurs and I'm like, oh my God, we all have the same mindset. We're all in different industries, but it doesn't even matter what industry you're in. Like, it's all about." having the entrepreneur not mindset. And then it's like, after I found those people, it's like, okay, this is where I fit in. And then I also started my, my last question for you. Like I also started to And and this may sound harsh, but like get rid of people in my life that could not relate to me. And it's like all of a sudden all my social things that I was involved in with like events and my friends from high school and college that I would keep in touch with who are stay-at-home moms. There's nothing wrong with that at all, but that's not the life that I wanted. And I have nothing in common with them. And frankly, I don't give a shit about like their diapers and bottles and their kids books. Like I just, that's not what I want to talk about. And so as you like started to grow with your business like did that happen to you too where it's like when you got into these groups it's like ah these are my people this is who I need to surround myself with because they can help me and I can help them I'm getting value I'm getting value and like how did you deal with that as a woman because I know for me it was just it was kind of hurtful um but something had to give for me to be able to get more time to spend the time around the right people
1: I couldn't agree with you more like the connections are so, so powerful. Like you said, just being around people that get it and like, and especially I think at 40, I think at 30 people in their thirties, you're still trying to hang on to the people that you were like hanging out with in your twenties. And you realize like we, we it's time for us to go to our separate ways. Like, you right. know, exactly. So I can agree with you more.
0: Yeah. I was listening to a. Um, A YouTube video from Jay Shetty and he like has the best little analogies and he's like, you know, people in your lives are like trees. Have you heard this analogy? No. (laughs) He's like, you know, you've got roots where they're always going to be there no matter what life cycle you're in in your life. And, you know, typically that's like your family And then he's like, you'll meet people along the way that will become a root. And then you have these branches and then branches have leaves and some branches are thicker than others and some are thinner than others. And sometimes it's like a season, like people come in and out of your life, like a season. And he's like, it can still be healthy. Like leaves are going to fall off. Seasons are going to come and go and people are going to come into your life at different times. And that's okay. Like you have to be okay with it, where I think a lot of women They try to maintain the business, the relationships, the perfect PTA mom, like all this perfection. And so it's like, I really try to say no. Well, I don't like the word no, but I'm like, oh, I, you know, I, I really can't like, thank you for thinking of me. But it's like in my head, I'm like, that's not in alignment with any of my goals. Like, I don't want to do that. And, you know, some people are like, well, that was a really good opportunity. I'm like, no, it's not in alignment with like what we're looking to do this year. So for me, it's a distraction. It's not something that's going to help me grow my goals this year. So my last question, I promise, is um, for people that are listening that have had a, because some people have, I know they've had a really, really, really hard time with the whole COVID crisis thing with their small businesses, like, Do you have any advice or experience sharing for them finding like opportunity in the midst of all the craziness to still thrive and come out on top?
1: Absolutely. I think you highlighted, even from your experience, this is an opportunity to pivot. Like so much of our businesses prior to COVID, we were on autopilot, which was a good thing because we were very comfortable and we were used to that routine, but it was bad because any business, I would say like 95% of them will say, like you said, you looked at your expenses and you're like, what are we spending money on? Like you have to start Mm -hmm. cutting things. And so not only was it like an opportunity to take a closer look at your expenses and really start finding kind of like, where the dead bodies are being buried and the opportunities yep. for growth, but it was an opportunity to pivot. So like the way you went in from real events, the virtual space and saw a lot of opportunity there, we pivoted from real events to investing money into influencers on YouTube, as well as start doing more online engagement using video um, with our company, like, you know, doing video chats, like regularly with guests um, to just kind of continue to build our community Um, in a way that we wouldn't have done had COVID not really happened. Even beyond that, I tell people it's an opportunity, especially if you survive, to take on um, press because a lot of people are looking for how businesses are doing whether good for bad, doing more podcasts. And finally, it's a great opportunity to hire because with so many people unemployed, Mm -hmm. like you've got some major talent out there um, that could potentially like help your business get to the next level. And so that's something that I've definitely been looking to take advantage of as well.
0: That's amazing. Well, if people want to get in touch with you or try out your products, like what's your favorite platform? Like where can people go to find you and well, your, all I, your products?
1: No, that's a good one. So I think the easiest way to find me is on Instagram at tginCEO. The company's at TGI natural website is thank God it's natural and products are now available at Ulta, Target, Walmart, CVS, Rite Aid, pretty much any store that sells beauty, but look for us at your local Ulta.
0: That's amazing. You're an Ulta. Yeah. yeah. Thank you.
1: Thank you. you. That's so Thank awesome. you.
0: And then are y'all, y'all are on Amazon as well? Yep.
1: I'm on Amazon as well. Thanks for the reminder.
0: Yeah. If you just, I mean, I'm like such an Amazon prom brat. My mom's like, you pay for convenience. And I'm Absolutely. like, well, you don't understand. Like time is money and time is also precious. So I'd rather get more done in the day and just like order my stuff. And now I have her hooked on it. She's like, this is so much easier than fighting traffic and people that could be coughing and sneezing. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's, it's really funny. So that is awesome. Thank you so, so much for all of your time and your insight and all of the tidbits today. I so appreciate your time. And no, I'm, so, I'm so, so glad to
1: be here. This was great.
0: Yay! I'm so excited to see what you do next because I know it'll be something awesome. Thank you. So everyone listening, be sure to go check out... I, it's like, I just remember, you know, like, thank God it's Friday. It's like, thank God it's natural. <laughs> it's like, you can't forget it. I mean, it's just like, that was a, a genius idea. Whoever was like, Hey, just, yeah, it's catchy. You know, just like when people are like, what's GSD? I'm like, get you done. I love so that. It's, I love that. It's awesome. But y'all go check it out. And thank you so, so much for listening to another episode and be sure to tune in next week to another episode of business of them. Y'all have a great day. Bye. Now that you have all the tools you need to conquer the world in GSD, just share this with your friends and your fellow GSD leaders and be sure you're a subscriber so you never miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled. And you can ask Siri to listen to the latest episode, but you got to be a subscriber. Before I go, I have a huge favor to ask, and it would mean the world to me. While you're listening, snap a quick screenshot, post it to your Instagram story, tag me at GSDleader underscore, and share with me your top takeaway from this episode and how it relates to you. Until next time, remember, stay productive and profitable.
1: You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more
0: productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit angelaprofit.com.